Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus doesn't make anyone follow him. And make no bones about it, you can follow whoever you want or whatever you want throughout your life. Jesus doesn't compel or coerce or force anybody into following him. Rather, from our text today, from John chapter 1, he invites and pokes and prods and encourages people to follow him. You can follow whoever and whatever you want to. And Jesus doesn't make anybody follow him. But he invites. And in our text this morning, he invited both Philip and Nathaniel to follow him. And Philip is a soft touch. Philip is an, an easy one. Philip nods his head and says, great, I'll go if you leave. Perhaps it was because Philip had been brought up in the local town in Bethsaida. He probably knew Peter and Andrew and maybe had gotten up in a little bit of conversation about Jesus of Nazareth. And so when Jesus came calling, Nathaniel nodded yes, picked up his life and followed Jesus. But Nathaniel had commentary about it. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, they just nodded and went. But Nathaniel has to have this interaction with Jesus. He wants to know if anything good can come out of Nazareth. And John, who loves to see Jesus with individual people, John, who loves to tell stories of Jesus encountering the one individual, he lets us know that Jesus loves Philip, loves Nathaniel, And as Jesus said, follow me, he shows Nathaniel not just the pathway, but the end, where they are going to end up when they follow Jesus. You may follow whoever and whatever you want, but make no mistake, you're going to end up where they lead. If you follow a man-made ism as the primary direction of your life, you will find purpose for the moment uh, superficial in the superficial aspects of your life, but maybe not so much depth or staying power when life becomes arduous and difficult because the roots don't go down deeply into a man-made ism. And you may find people along the way with you in the man-made philosophies or isms of life. They will measure you closely as you follow. How meticulously you follow the ism could involve your vote, could involve your attendance, could involve your heart's allegiance, your money, and so much more of your life as isms make incredible demands. And if you don't measure up with the ism or the adherence of the ism for any way, then you may be canceled out of the ism. And the adherence will toss you aside and leave you in the ditch of life. Where are you headed? Where are you going? Saying goodbye to 2020 and in the first fresh new days of 2021, we have an opportunity to think about Where are we headed and where where are we going? Who or what are you following? 
As certainly as some people follow after an ism or a philosophy, other people love to follow after a personality. And that has its own issues and situations as well. People aren't perfect. People aren't consistent. People err. People fall. People change. People have their day and their moment of great popularity and then their influence, their power, their popularity wanes and the followers fall away. In our text, Jesus invites his first disciples to follow after him. And then he tells them what it means and where they are going to end up. And Jesus' calling has two powerful aspects to it. The first part of the calling is the the calling of faith to God, by God, for God. We are called into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that relationship reorients our entire understanding of who we are. He reorients us around and away from isms and personalities and calls us to God himself. And to be called of God through faith in Jesus Christ is to follow all the way to the cross. As followers of Jesus Christ, our our identity is rooted in Him. I'm not what other people say that I am. I am not merely the living embodiment of my parents' DNA. Rather, our identity, my identity, is found in the sacrifice of Jesus and delivered in baptism. Our sin and our past, they don't define us. The shame that we drag from the previous year, that does not define us. Shame can't hold us back. Guilt doesn't define us. For we are called of Jesus. Who we are, our identity is rooted in Christ. And so we are called to follow the way of the cross, the cross that forgives, the cross that brings us close with God, the cross that reckons the past and shines a light of hope into the future. That's who we are because that's who Jesus is. And our identity is closely linked and mirrored in Jesus. And so we are identified not by our ism. But we are people of grace and truth and peace. For to follow Jesus is to have our identities molded in his image and to receive from him the gifts of hope and the gift of his peace. When Philip and Nathaniel, Peter, James, John, and all of those, and all who have picked up the cross of Christ and followed after him on the way to eternity, they're called Christians because they are identified by the Christ who gave his life for them and who loves humanity with an eternal love that can never be shaken, moved, or changed. The first calling is to God, by God, and for God. You belong to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And your feet and your life are on a powerfully firm foundation. You are called to follow Jesus. And the second aspect of that calling is everything we have, everything we are, everything we we do align with God's purpose on our lives. 
Philip, Nathaniel, and Andrew would find that out. Everything they had would be pressed into service for the Lord Jesus. They would see miracles, hear sermons, watch Jesus interact with people in a, in a way that nobody else could interact. So much so that Jesus changed the entire orientation of the world. For over 2,000 years since his death and resurrection, the world is on a different pathway. A pathway he started, or better yet, a pathway he fulfilled at his resurrection. The greatest promise ever kept by God was kept in Jesus. And the names of Peter, Andrew, James, and John, Philip, and Nathaniel all live on even today. Because a life aligned around faith in Jesus Christ has powerful, powerful ability to stand the test of time. This morning, we're so blessed to have the handbells, to have the handbells playing for us. So grateful to Alex for, for setting them up and getting ready to go. So for Danny and, and, and Hector up there getting after it, making sure that we have a camera so we can not just hear the beautiful music, but see it. And our singers are fantastic. You guys carry us. We watch you from home in our robes and pajamas when it's appropriate with cups of coffee. Over a thousand people watch you guys every week. Your faith aligns with your gifts. And so when you sing, it's from your heart, from a different place. It makes a different impact than just singing notes and words. So too with the handbells, when you play, it's beautiful. And it touches the heart because it's the alignment of who you are with what you do and what you're good at. And you bring joy and a connection to God through the people whom you serve. That's the power of a life that's aligned with Jesus Christ. The power of a life that's aligned with faith. And since Jesus, there are lives and lives and lives, many, many lives that had great, great influence and made a huge impact on life that, that changed the trajectory of absolutely everything that came after that life. The alignment of the first calling of faith to the second calling of vocation makes life meaningful, valuable. Tomorrow we remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a man who embodied his calling of faith in Jesus Christ. Called of God in his baptism and named for our own namesake, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., King preached the scriptures and lived in a place and a time that was ripe for the message of equality and societal change. He spoke to, spoke with, and ignited crowds towards peaceful responses and towards the bridging of a profound racial divide in America. His message was rooted in his understanding of who he was in following Jesus, how God had identified people as more than just DNA and biological beings. It was his message and the understanding of scriptures and of God's calling on his life that he became a voice of freedom 
and peace. Dr. King once said, the limitation of riots, moral questions aside, is that they cannot win and their participants know it. Hence, rioting is not revolutionary but reactionary because it invites defeat. It involves an emotional catharsis, but it must be followed by a sense of futility. Again, King said, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. And from King's I Have a Dream speech, this familiar quote, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. The confluence of being called of God in faith and aligning everything we have, everything we are, and everything we do with that faith makes a powerful impact for some like Dr. King, that, that impact is national, it's international, and it's long, long lasting. For some of us, it's, it's making an impact on the relationships that are closer to us with the alignment of our faith, of forgiveness, of encouragement, of love that pours over into all of the relationships of our lives. As we invite people to come and see, as Philip did to Nathaniel, the confluence of what you do and who you are in your life gives you a profound sense of peace, a sense of hope, and a tenacity of spirit because the roots of your identity and the roots of your behavior are deep in the soil of God's love for you in Jesus Christ. So making sacrifices for other people, offering words of encouragement and grace, of picking up another's pack and walking the extra mile, all of those things are things in which a Christian who follows Jesus finds meaning. And there's an incredible, incredible confidence that comes in knowing who you are and knowing whom you follow and ultimately knowing where you're headed. This week is going to be a week to think deeply as you watch and prayerfully participate in the United States of America's peaceful transition of, of power in the inauguration. It's a moment to be rooted, not uprooted, it's a moment to remember who we are and what we do. It's a moment to find profound confidence in something transcendent, something that transcends isms and personalities. You can follow whoever or whatever you choose to follow 
Jesus is not an arm twister. Jesus did not grab Philip and Nathaniel by the neck and say, you will follow me. Rather, he invited them with love in his heart and with grace in his tone. You may follow whoever or whatever you want to, but to follow Jesus brings clarity of identity, clarity of purpose, and a future forever in paradise, because that's where we're headed. And on the way, those two gifts of Jesus are ours. Perfect, powerful, transcendent peace in our soul and a marvelous sense of hope that lights the path upon which we follow him. In the name of Jesus.